From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., longtime Democratic Congressman Ron Kind of La Crosse shocked Wisconsin's political world last week when he announced he will not seek re-election next year. Kind has served Wisconsin's 3rd District since 1997 and says he's simply run out of gas trying to keep the seat. He acknowledged he would have faced an uphill battle running against Republican Derek Van Orden in a rematch from 2020 in which Kind narrowly won. So the GOP is heavily targeting this seat with Van Orden running again, and it's projected to be one of the most closely watched House seats in the country. What are the chances of Republicans flipping this seat in Wisconsin? In talking to Democrats for the last few days, what came across to me was that um, Kine didn't seem like he had that fire to go through what it would take to win a race like this. Um, one, you know, Democrats are facing a possibly difficult year in 2022. The party in power in the White House actually struggles midterm elections, so that'd be a headwind. Um, Kine has proved himself as a fundraiser. He had $1.4 bucks in the bank. At the end of June, he was ramping up his fundraising for what we could tell, sending out more fundraising emails and kind of getting kind of going. But he's also been hammered by Republicans for uh, owning a building lacrosse that rents space to a massage parlor, there have been a stream of ads about everything that national Democrats have done since the beginning of January. I mean, Republicans are coming after Ron Kind hard. So now you don't have Kind there with his name ID and his money, it's probably not helpful for Democrats. Now, um, Van Orden, Derek Van Orden, is running very much as a Trump candidate, very conservative, um, unabashed to support the former president. You know, obviously that worked quite a bit in 2016 and 20 with that district where Trump won that seat. Um, does it work without Trump on the ballot? We're going to see. And what's it mean for Van Oren's campaign to not have Trump there to be running on his own on the ballot where he's pushing that more like Trump approach to politics? Is that going to help him, that district, when it's it's been more toward consensus builders? But, you know, maybe it's prime for a change. Maybe this is the time where that district flips to more of a, a little hardcore partisan left or right uh, than what's been used to. Well, now, do you expect a wide field of Democrats to run for this seat? Um, who's all considering a bid in an effort to keep this seat in Democratic hands? Well, the first two names that popped up were Brad Paff, who is a state senator from La Crosse area. He also former aide to Ron Kind. Um, he just won a state Senate seat in um, November. It makes sense him as a candidate because he would be a free pass for him. He's not up again for the legislature until 2024, so he could run without risk of losing his seat in the Senate. Um, also, there's a, uh, Rebecca Cook, who's a businesswoman from Eau Claire. Um, interesting mix of business experience. Also, she used to work on campaigns, was finance director, I believe, for a congressional campaign in California in 2014. So she has a mix of business and political experience. She's at least considering it. But you could see a crowded field because this is really – you know, kind of a once-in-a-lifetime chance, if you think about it. I mean, Kine got elected in 1996. Um, Gunnarsson had served a number of years before him. So it's not like this turn, this seat comes open, you know, all the time. Um, so it'll be interesting. All, flip side, you know, I've been asking people if and the Republicans might run because, you know, Van Orden ran last time and is out there this time, but now it's an open seat with somebody else kicked the tires. But since Kind... Um, 
Kind's announcement. Former President Trump has endorsed Van Orden. He already had the support of the top Republican leaders in Congress. So it'd be very tough for any of the Republican to find the oxygen needed to challenge Van Orden right now, though he can't rule that out. We touched on this before. Detailed U.S. Census figures were released last week, and they show shifting demographics in Wisconsin. They show that Wisconsin's population overall grew by 4%, which means the state will keep its eight congressional seats. Dane County, in particular, grew by 15%, while Milwaukee County lost about 1% of its population, and some rural areas also saw a decline. These shifts could play a role in the redistricting process, which is expected to begin this fall. Republicans have control of the legislature and will be tasked with redrawing the political boundaries, although Democratic Governor Tony Evers could veto their maps. What do you think redistricting will look like based on these new census figures? Well, uh, good question. We know the second will have to shed a lot of people because it's uh, really the, the main area of growth in the state right now. The eighth will have to shed some, but every time you push somebody on one side, you have an inverse reaction on the other side of the district. It's like a pushing a balloon, right? If you, for example, take Mark Bocan's district, the second, Democrat from Madison, the Madison area, if you move some of his folks into the third congressional district, that helps Democrats, right? Because it makes that seat more Democratic. If you move those folks into the first district, which is Brian Stiles' seat, that also would help Democrats, right? So it's, it, it just depends on where those folks go and, and how things shift. And there's going to be a chain reaction around the state. More than likely, we're just going to look like a lawsuit. We already have one filed. came on Friday. Uh, about a half dozen or so Democratic voters filed a preemptive lawsuit saying there's almost no chance that uh, the governor and legislature will reach a consensus on a map in time to have new lines in place for 2022. Ask the federal court to step in and take over, essentially, or at least prepare for drawing a map. Uh, I can assure you that will not be the only lawsuit filed over a district between now and when those new lines are in place. So be prepared for stuff filed in state court as well and for a legal process to play out. Uh, the running bet right now is that we'll see legislature trying to map sometime this fall. It is very unlikely governors will sign them because he is a big fan of the maps they drew the last time. And we don't expect them to draw like maps are really good for Democrats. So he vetoes it, then we go to court. And then the question is, which court's going to handle it in the end and uh, make the decision what our lines look like? And is the appeals process done in plenty of time that people can start to run? Because remember, you can take out papers, I believe, in mid-April for uh, 2020 elections. There are due back to June 1st, I believe. That's, you know, we're talking a tight, tight timeline. If you're thinking about running for the legislature right now, to not know which seat you would be in, um, as of mid-August and maybe not until fall or early, early, early spring. And finally, Republican State Representative Janelle Branchen, who chairs the Assembly Elections Committee, has issued subpoenas to Milwaukee and Brown counties demanding that clerks turn over all ballots and voting machines in what she calls a top-to-bottom probe of the 2020 election in Wisconsin. Republicans across the country have claimed election fraud resulted in Democratic President Joe Biden narrowly defeating then-Republican President Donald Trump last November. Two other investigations of the Wisconsin election are underway as well as branch ends. Governor Evers last week encouraged clerks in Milwaukee and Brown counties not to comply with Branchen's order and expects the subpoenas to be challenged in court. What do you think will happen here? Well, 
one, do Milwaukee and Brown County authorities, officials show up at the assembly uh, committee hearing with the voting machines and ballots in hand to testify? If they don't, do you see Republican lawmakers go to court to try and force them to com- comply? And which Republican lawmakers would do that? Is Robin Voss, the assembly speaker, on board with backing what Janelle Branch is doing no matter what? Remember, we have three investigations going right now about the 2020 election. One is an audit by the Legislative Audit Bureau. Another is what Branch is doing with the Elections Committee in the Assembly, which began under Voss's direction last fall, late fall, with then-Chair Ron Tussler in charge. Now it's got Janelle Branch in there. And then three, Voss has hired former Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman to conduct a third probe of the 2020 election. Now, what's been interesting is Branch is pushing these subpoenas and from Legislative Council, which is a nonpartisan legal arm of legislature, it has done two memos that show that a subpoena from the legislature requires the signature of the presiding officer and the chief clerk of that chamber to compel testimony or production or product of materials, as well as carry a penalty for not complying. We have not seen Robin Voss comment publicly about Janelle's subpoenas, if she's going to sign those or supports them. Now, Gableman, with his investigation, Voss put out a statement late last week saying that if Gableman wants subpoenas, he would consider that. That statement came in response to former President Trump putting out a statement saying he backed Branch's efforts and doesn't want Republicans to stand in the way and basically pressured Robin Voss to get on board. So you have this really interesting dynamic right now where Republicans have these various investigations going on. There's a segment of their base that is convinced the election was stolen and there is some kind of fraud going on and will not be happy until there is either a conspiracy found and rooted out or criminal charges pressed against somebody. You have more moderate Republican voters who want to get past all this stuff and just move on to other things. And so the more you uh, indulge those who think there was something really amiss about 2020, the more you potentially alienate those voters more moderate Republican voters that you need, and the more you get bogged down and looking backwards or looking forward. But if you don't address the concerns of those voters who think that there was election stolen last fall, you risk alienating them. And then do they turn out next fall for you when you need them to turn out to win elections? It's really fascinating dynamic for Republicans right now. I don't know how it ends, but you can just see these various kind of tracks of these uh, probes right now going down the tracks and how do they stop them? What's the end game right now for Republicans when it comes to these, elect- these probes? Because unless they find something, um, it's going to disappoint somebody. And no matter what they find, there are people who have concerns that this is all illegitimate anyway, and they're not buying in. So it's really a challenge for them right now. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.